Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com, on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Burnell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. You crying yet? I'm a little choked up. A little little tears. A little little sadness. So uh, we are back (laughs) to discuss the breakup, episode four, season four. Four four. Uh, last week, Ryan Murphy said that this was the best hour of television they have yet made. I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, I gotta say, if you if you're not putting this in a top ten episode, you are you are being wrong. I That's I all. absolutely would. I would put this in a top five episode. I loved this episode, top to bottom, front and back. Uh, the music in this episode I thought was dynamite. The performances were dynamite. There were little moments that I'm going to forget to mention tonight that are going to haunt me. There was so much detail to it. This episode was just everything I like about Glee, straight up. Like I had, I had my quibbles with it, but there is not an episode of this show I don't have quibbles with. It was dynamite, dynamite television. Great television. Jennifer, the breakup. I'm, I'm speechless. I agree with everything you just said. But I'm, I'm speechless that you're that enthusiastic, enthusiastic and a fan wow. about it. Yes, I, but I agree. I agree on all Fixing levels. Fixing my microphone stand here. I think. Um, oh, that sounded nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. Ooh, Sorry. Fantastic. Okay, better. Oop, better. I was like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, we're professionals. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the magic of live recording. Uh, that was it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Fantastic. Really great hit. All the right notes, um, and I know it sounded like I was mocking it, but I, I genuine, genuinely was tearing up this episode, even the second time. When we watched it the second time, you'll notice, as soon as Blaine started singing Teenage Dream, I started finding things to do. Josh can't handle it. It was, like, was just like so uncomfortable for him, because it was just so <laughs> raw and emotional. It was seriously like, as soon as he started playing, it was kind of, oh, that needs to be tidied up over there. <laughs> I know where the cat is. I should check on him. Like I just could. Oh man, it's it's hardcore. Ed, what'd you think of the breakup? Uh, season four is the new season one. <laughs> you, like there's like, like you just gonna I, keep like, driving that train. Right to, to the to the non-believers out there. <laughs> and I read Mike D's someone included in that. Is, <laughs> is, is that it, like I've been, I've been saying it since this episode one you can play it back flashback four episodes season four is the new season one still <laughs> it like, it continues like at to this, at this point honestly if they're like i mean obviously very depressing but if they're like the show's over 
I'd be like, you know, I'm satisfied. <laughs> like, like yeah. I wouldn't like I wouldn't be last with like, oh, I really wish I had that cliffhanger filled. No, it was like, I'd be like, you know, I'm okay. I'm like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of it's- course, they'll get, they're gonna ruin that next episode, perhaps. But. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see. They always well. could. I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, the show has never been consistent from the very beginning of the of this show. It has never been a consistent show. They, it, I really feel like. It's just one of these shows where there's too much at risk at all times to be consistent. There, there's no formula to this, you know. Law and Order is the most consistent show on television. Like you, you can essentially write that, write those episodes by with a computer program at this point. Uh, there's nothing consistent about Glee, I think, because it is so unique and because it is always having to kind of reinvent the wheel from week to week. And it's challenging itself. It doesn't always succeed, but. You know, it, it does. It does seem to challenge itself. So it was super good. We got a ton of uh, a ton of listener feedback. We have so many voicemails tonight, guys. I'm so sorry. We, you were you will not get all of your voicemails played. And I'm just telling you right now, I love you guys to pieces. But if your voicemail is over a minute and a half, I just this week is not the week for it. We have so many things to say, or we have so many people that want to weigh in. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for emailing in and. Uh, and leaving voicemails and everything, this really got people to give a crap. I mean, there was so much feedback for this episode. Well, I mean, the whole like it just made like, you want to talk about Glee. Like, uh, like even even like even though Ren Mighty hates on the two point oh, it was like I like I appreciated their storyline in the fact that like it showed it showed the innocence of youth, like in comparison to what they're what they're facing in their <laughs> like in, to the to the to the normal like normal characters in quotes. And well, he's like. It's there. You know, they say he said it's a painful recreation. I say it's just their storyline in hyperspeed, so we can get through <laughs> it to the new stuff sooner. Because all that stuff was going to have to happen. So they're just like, let's just let's just go through the motions. Well, and I think you know, let's just dive right in right now. So we'll talk about the two first, and I think part of it. I struggle to call them that, but I know that's the easiest thing to call them because I keep insisting they are not Britney two. You know, they're not like Quinn two point oh. Except for they do it Scrubs, but exactly yeah. like you, we have to allow them to be their own characters, or we're never going to like them. But one thing I will have to say, I've already done that. I, I, they are who they are. Like I, I don't hold it to you, them. but to other people, I think people are still trying to fit them into the new Puck, the new Rachel, the new. They don't need to be though. They don't need to be exactly, well, but if we call them the two point <laughs> we're kind of, you know, we're we're certainly not going against that assertion. Yeah, and they they definitely made the introductions of them seem so familiar that it's kind of hard not to, um, you know. And it's like, okay, maybe you know Jake is showing another side, and maybe maybe uh, Marley isn't doing quite the same, you know, following the same career trajectory as as Rachel or, you know, the others were trying. But, I mean, you got to admit, you know, even Kitty is just such a retread. She's a retread, yes. I think what saved them in this episode for me is I thought Kitty's writing was awesome. Like, the whole... She had Santana's writers. Exactly. They they gave her all of early Diana Agron's jokes. Mm. And they gave her all of Agron. I'm sorry, it's Diana Agron, people. Apparently. I don't know if you've seen her Nintendo DS commercial, but she pronounces her name Diana Agron. We've been doing it for years. Obviously, that's why she doesn't listen. She should have just emailed me and let me know. Uh, but no, I, I really liked... I thought that Kitty 
even though Kitty does still feel like a retread, I thought she was so funny and entertaining in this one. It kind of worked. And the Jake and Marley stuff, to a certain extent, even though the Left Behind storyline, I really liked the Left Behind storyline. I thought that was fun and just kind of messed up. Like, it was just early Glee. It, like, I can't believe we're doing was, this yeah, stuff. Yeah, very messed no, up. No, it was good. It was just good. It was, like, yeah. awesome. And yeah. the fact that Santana and Brittany were in the scene, it validated that moment for me. So the fact that they were a part of it, I, for me, that's what made the 2.0s work in this episode. We had just enough Jake and Marley to establish yeah, them no, exactly. as continuing they, it was, characters. It was the perfect balance. Like Jake, Marley, and Kitty, they were just like a. They were just a part of like. They were just a cog in the wheel of Glee. Like it isn't like it isn't like they were the focus of the episode, but it isn't like anyone was really the focus of the episode, and that what's made it a good episode. Yeah, in this particular case, exactly. The reason this episode worked <clears> is there was so much going on. And everybody kind of, everybody in some serious emotional turmoil. Yeah. It's one of those things where you you always think, like, as a writer, um, you, it, it's hard to punish these people that you love. And we don't want to see them go through torture. But the fact is, is when they do, those are always the episodes we enjoy watching the most. Yeah, we really, really rally behind them. And it's kind of interesting because you're right. There was no one person or one couple that was the focus. It was... This this week, it, the theme was the focus, and the, the, the theme was relationships and, and heartache and, and breakup. And and it's nice when that's kind of a more a universally felt thing. So, yes. I, I yeah, I thought it was incredible. Somebody in the chat room, oh, I'm sorry, Sapien in the chat room just said, uh, Kitty is the Quinn <laughs> that Quinn never got to be. Serious? <laughs> okay, maybe that's true. my issue with her. <laughs> a couple things about them, though. Like, as much as, as funny as I thought the rapture scene was, I was kind of annoyed that Joe was so on board with it. It seems to kind of go against the stripe of Christianity that Joe was Joe putting was in forth this episode, in the past. What, he he well, didn't have a line. No, but I think he's also such a pacifist. Like, I think he's just more like easy going, <laughs> go with the flow. And I don't think it's Joe, to the point Joe where she's ready to say no. to his Christian storyline as he was before. It's just like, <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I want this job. Hell yeah, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Yeah, and, totally. and then since, since he's not, since, since it's not like genuine, it's not like, so I, it's whatever. I, I whatever. it's like whatever. That's all there is to it. It's like whatever. Well, I mean, I would like to see him, you know, especially after this, and I'm sure there's going to be even further craziness that she has. I would like to see him stand up and say, "Hey, you're being extreme. You know, this isn't what God meant." And you know, hey, let's do something. Maybe like you know, splinter off and do. You know what? A uh, shout out, shout out to uh, Tina's assistant, who I did not think we'd see again or have another line. I was like, oh, she you. Awesome. She had more lines. And I just said, <laughs> that was Jennifer's comment. Yeah. I was like, other other Asian has more lines than Tina now. <laughs> she's, she, she's, she's playing second fiddle to her assistant. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, one of the other things I did like about the 2.0s in this episode was how uh, the show used them to force Blaine and I was just about to say Britannia to force Blaine and Brittany to kind of deal with where they are now. Uh, so, it, so, it was, that's, so, it's, so not only are the 2.0 a semi-interesting storyline that we kind of know, 
but they also are moving along the regular storyline. Exactly. That's why in this episode, they really worked for me because even though I found their storyline interesting, they were motivating to the other storylines. And so it, it made them feel a part of the show as opposed to in episodes past. I really, you know, in the Britney episode, I felt like Jake and Marley or Jarley's storyline had nothing to do with the larger picture. If you were to have plucked it out, then all of the other storylines would have been just fine. Mm -hmm. And so it's not forcing us to accept them. At the end of the day, I really think Glee is going to have to force us to give a crap about Jarly. I only think it's the only way it's going to go. You know, it's they're going to have to force it down our throats. I care about Jarly. Honestly, and and I love that about you, Ed. I truly do. But I honestly think that... 90%, 90%, not 90, 70% of the viewers of Glee are going to have to have Jarly forced down their throats. I honestly think I know, 70% I like of the Glee... It's accepted. Like, it's like, it's like there. And I mean, I could criticize things, but it's, it, it's canon. Like, I don't question the canonness of it. <laughs> you, would, you would fit in so well in Kitty's Club. Uh, <laughs> don't question the canon. Uh, well, uh, so we had the 2.0s, and there's not too much more to say about them because I just think there's so much more to say about the breakups. Though we did have a breakup. We did have Jake and Kitty breaking up, which was pretty... Which oh, was yeah. Pretty that, I guess yeah. that was a fifth breakup that I didn't even think about. I guess that yes. technically did happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's, uh, let's listen to a song because there's a ton of great songs in this one. That was another great thing about this episode. So many great songs. Yeah, and they um, just all added so much... Absolutely. So much to the to the episode. Uh, so let's, uh, we're obviously going to have to talk about some breakups. We started with the scientists, so let's keep going. We'll do a little bit of uh, Barely Breathing, Duncan Sheik from 1997. I know that because it came out when I was a freshman in college. Uh, so here's, <laughs> this, is, this is Barely Breathing, uh, performed by Darren Chris and Corey Monteith here on the Gleeful Podcast. So I, don't get I know what you're doing. I What's see fair? it all too clear. I only taste the saline when I was opening for Ben Folds <laughs> at the Wiltern. No, the at the Fillmore in San Francisco. Must have been that yesterday was the day that I was born. There's not much to examine, there's nothing left to hide. You really can't be serious if you have to ask me why. I say goodbye, cause I am barely breathing, and I can't find the air. Don't know who I'm kidding, imagining you care. So I think uh, let's play some voicemails. I'm trying to figure out which relationship we should dive into first, but uh, let's see which, mm. which voicemail is going to come up first. <coughs> uh, well, here, well, we'll hit the old standbys. Here's uh, Sarah and Caitlin. Hey, Justin. Uh, so much to say, so little time. I genuinely really liked this episode. We both did. It was one of the best. Now, I know I said last week I wanted Clay to break up, but not like this. 
I was expecting it to be based on the problems of a long-distance relationship that had been foreshadowed. Not for the writers to pull something completely out of their... No, no, I will not be angry, Sarah, again. I refuse. <sighs> but the second I saw Blaine's text, I just thought, Oh, Blaine, you might be a hypocrite or something. Can I just say that Teenage Dream was so pretty, and Darren should never be allowed to be sad. Actually, all the music this episode was really good. My personal favorite was The Scientist, especially the flashbacks. Dear God, those flashbacks. I liked it all, too, even mine. I know it's Taylor Swift and that it's unbelievably cheesy and cliché, but it was also sweet and touching and also awkwardly edited. And while I liked the episode, the parts of the 2.0s brought it down. Kitty wasn't particularly funny, and she wasn't really mean enough, either. Side anecdote, we go to a Christian college. We watched this in my dorm. When she did her whole rant about the rapture being a party for Jesus Call Armageddon, where I got to judge a bunch of people, there was this loud clap of thunder outside, and it was like the campus roared. It was really <laughs> odd. Speaking of symbolism and awkward segues, we noticed for the last song, the only couple that actually stood apart from one another from one another was Finn and Rachel. Therefore, the other three couples at least have a hope and a chance of getting back together, but we believe that Finchel are definitively broken up for the time being. Oh, and we had a one up plot, apparently. They seem to be trying to get rid of Shu by any means necessary. Wait, does this mean Finn might be put in charge temporarily and run the musical? Huh. But we never got any closure for them. Yeah, we don't know if they broke up, and we have no idea what's going on with Kurt and Blaine either. But whether they're broken up or not, we know they're at least going to get back together by the end of the season because Ryan Murphy's kind of like a scared little girl, but these are the fangirls will take a show away from him if Kurt and Blaine aren't together. And <laughs> he's probably right. All in all, Ryan Murphy sunk my battleship. And in case that wasn't enough, he also sank all my little utility ships around it, even the tiny submarine that is Finchel. My final thoughts are, I really want to hear Kurt's Sweeney Todd Mega Medley. That needs to happen. Now to wait a month. At least we have the podcast to get through it. Can't wait. Bye. Yes, <laughs> the, the Sweeney Todd Mega Medley was definitely lacking from this episode. <laughs> that was when they were at uh, flat yeah. in callbacks. Right, but yeah. what, Sweeney Todd in what medley? A Sweeney Todd Mega Medley. Oh, Yes. I thought you said Ian, uh, and I was like, what's Mega? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Well, there's lots to talk about with Kurt and Blaine, and I think that's kind of the one that the listeners seem to want to discuss the most. Uh, we have a ton of voicemails about Kurt and Blaine. Here are some more. Hey, Prince Dan again. Just a side note. Um, although I'm totally on the fence about how I feel about Blaine right now, is it possible to love Darren Chris anymore? Did you guys read his... Uh, Letter to the fans on Facebook. From Teenage Dream to Teenage Dream, your biggest fan, Darren. Love that guy. Okay, bye. And she's referencing Darren Chris on his Facebook page wrote this huge letter to the fans kind of saying, thank you for making this character a part. It almost felt like a goodbye letter to me of him saying good, of him saying like, I'm not going to be on the show as much anymore. But essentially saying like your love of this character and your love of this relationship made a breakup even possible, let alone a breakup that is this emotional and real. Wow. Um, he starts a letter tonight is the premiere of the dreaded breakup episode for many Glee fans. I imagine there will be more than reason to be sad but cheer up think of it this way much of your support has allowed me to be on the show long enough to reach a breakup in the first place it has created a relationship that people cared enough about whereby it was even worth writing an episode about its potential end i never thought i would get around to being around long enough for something like that and i really have you the fans to thank for it it's something to be very proud of uh, is a very Aww. sweet letter if you find it on his facebook page it's very sweet uh which kind of brings us to the question um, are Clayne 
dead in the water? Like, where do I, how do we feel about Clay and Jennifer? Uh, this is how do you, uh, this being the the events that took place? You know, how, how did that all come together for you? What Blaine did and how Kurt reacted? Uh, wow. Um, okay, first of all, I I in my gut, and not just because of you know different things that other people have said. I really don't think that it, that it is over, but um, you know, it's a pretty 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 deep situation. Um, I'm kind of sympathizing with uh, I'm kind of sympathizing <laughs> with Blaine. This sounds horrible. It does sound horrible. But having been in relationships and having been, you know, having done the long distance relationship and having been the person who moved away, no matter how busy you are, no, you always find at least five minutes to make for that person to, even if it's just a phone call, to just make them feel like they are the most important thing, the only person on the earth you want to be with right then and there. And Kurt never even, you know, he, he never even made that overture. It was mm-hmm. always a consolation. It was always like, oh, you know, thank you for calling. I've got to go. And he, he just, there was never any intimacy in the moment. And I've, conversely been on the other side when I was the person who maybe my heart was more distracted by the the new places I was in I just there's gonna be no good way to use it I know that there's gonna be like total backlash on this but all I'm saying is I think that there could have been a little bit more effort on Kurt's part to Mm. to to reassure Blaine and and to make him feel like there was something more to wait for well, I mean, you know, breakups are rarely one-sided. I mean, almost never almost are they never. one-sided. Uh, and But in that particular case, it was... there. The long-distance thing is really hard. Not It isn't the long-distance-ness of it, I think, that's really hard in this particular case. It's the issue that, like one day Kurt woke up and his entire life was different, and one day Blaine woke up and everything was exactly the same. But he was missing the one good thing. Exactly, except for the one, you know, it's like he said, like, I moved here for him and now he's gone. Like, there's, it's a really heartbreaking situation for, I think, Blaine to be in Mm -hmm. to kind of wake up one day and just be like, the entire reason I've been, (laughs) the entire reason I'm on this show, the entire reason I've been living within the confine, you know, within the reality of this television show is now gone. And Kurt, who is living huge adventures and everything and just being like everything everything is going so fantastic in my life i mean i remember like having a long distance relationship with a girl when i was in college and finding out that she had won homecoming queen while i was like working a lousy minimum wage job and miserable all the time and just realizing like wow our lives are not linked at all (laughs) like i cannot share in your joy even more i resent Mm -hmm. you for your joy yeah uh and she had no time or patience for my sex and did or any interest in coming down to my level like you just end up in these crazy disconnects Mm -hmm. that you know do lead you to act in ways that are possibly not uh becoming or Mm -hmm. or in character and i guess that's my question to yeah i guess so ed that would be my question to you like blaine cheating did that come out of left field for you or did that seem kind of in sequence for you for who blaine is I mean, I'm gonna say it's in, like Blaine has never been anything but like perfection. But there's no, there's no reason. Like I'm, I'm not surprised 
or even upset with him, really. Like, it's just, it's just life, and life happens, and... <laughs> yeah, and, and he's not, can't Kurt, be perfect all the time. I mean, I, I feel like Kurt didn't seem like he was above possibly forgiving him. He just, like, when these type of things happen, you need time and... That's a very good point. I mean, I don't, I would not be surprised to see them get back together, but, uh, you know, right now it seems like they're both so hurt. You need, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, I was just thinking about this, like, whenever whenever you get, whenever I get really bad news, it's like, like, it takes like, just like a day of like crying and like talking (laughs) about it. And then like two days later, it's fine. I'm not saying it's that simple, but it's. It takes processing. It, it could. It could be. It could be if they. If they. If they're both willing and can work through those emotions in a fast way. But yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, and it's great to see some depth to Blaine. Like we're yeah. starting to see the cracks. I know of who Blaine it's, it's, is. The it best thing that ever happened seasons, to Blaine was but... was everyone leaving. Yeah. <laughs> he was left behind at William McKinley. Which was, was a great <laughs> metaphor. Even, even Brittany were legit left behind. Yeah, even yeah. though that was the most, like, the world's most obvious metaphor, it totally worked for me in the contents of, confines of Glee. Like, hey, they're reading Left Behind, and she was left behind. Wow, it took you four minutes to think of that, and yet it's still entertaining. It's, to no, me. it's good. It's legit good. Yeah. yeah. Let's, uh, oh, I have a really interesting voicemail for us to discuss. This is Isna Kelly. Hey, Justin and Ed. This is Kelly from Kentucky. I've been listening since the first season, but it's my first time calling in. I have so many thoughts about this week's episode of The Breakup, but I keep coming back to this. Are we as fans more accepting of Blaine cheating on Kurt this season than we were of Kurt sexting the guy from between the sheets last season? Is it because we like Blaine more than we like Kurt, or are we just happy that Blaine is getting some character development? Can't wait to hear what your thoughts are. Bye. And it's also it begs the question, have we already forgiven Blaine uh, to a certain extent as a fan base? Jennifer, what do you want to say? I think it has to do with the understanding of what the person is going through. Last year when, you know, Kurt was having this sexting moment with this other guy, <laughs> he, wasn't, he, he wasn't in that bad of a place. I mean, he wasn't all alone. He wasn't... Um, being neglected or abandoned by Blaine. I mean, Kurt Kurt had everything going for him. He had a very supportive, very um, loving, attentive boyfriend. Okay, maybe a little preoccupied, but not not near the extent. I'm not saying that it still justifies what he did, but <laughs> I'm just saying I understand it a little bit more. So I think it was harder last year to understand why Kurt was so in need of other attention whereas this year it's so understanding why you know Blaine just felt he had nothing yeah I can kind of see what you mean I mean within context it's a little easier to uh, to see the motivations and to understand yeah. the feelings behind it whereas last time I mean if it any if, if nothing else this is just a better written episode yeah. because before we had that like silly lesbian bed death stuff going on which didn't really make any sense at all uh within the context of that episode it just felt like they had a funny catchphrase that they wanted to pull from old episodes of queer as folk um it it didn't quite work for me but ed how do you feel about this do you think that uh do you think that the fans have forgot forgiven blaine or uh or do you think we should be holding this against him a little bit more 
I think that they. I mean, how how could you not forgive Blaine? <laughs> people, people make I think a mistakes. lot of people agree with you on that. Like people, people, people to human is error or to error is human. Rather, there you go. Like it's just like there. That's all there is to it. Like. Oh, come like, on. It, like, if he didn't realize it, it would be different if he didn't realize it was wrong. And it would be different if he didn't fly to New York and didn't sing Teenage Dream like, like he was trying to trying to mend his soul or something. That's like, a very it, good point. Nobody seemed more apologetic than Blaine. Seriously. And nobody seemed more upset <laughs> He, like, he apologized before yeah. he even told him. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's like, he obviously feels bad about it. So it, it'd be a completely different story if he's like, Oh, by the way, I slept with this other guy. Sorry yeah. about that. Like, like that would be that's a different that's a different scenario. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was obviously so destroyed by what he did, and the fact that he, you know, just went there to be with Kurt. I think, I think that speaks volumes of how committed and how attached he is to the relationship mm-hmm. and that's the thing I think that's the issue that I have is like Kurt Kurt was like oh my god I'm so happy to see you and that was it like let's go out and you know like if I sorry if my if the love of my life flew to another state to see me I would have dropped all plans and just been with that one person alone I wouldn't be with my roommate who I see all the time I wouldn't be with my stepbrother I wouldn't go into a crowded bar with all of my classmates like I'd just be like I want to be with you Hmm. if my heart were in it interesting so you're kind of saying that Kurt is pulling away too but he's not really getting I don't I, I mean, admittedly, the show is like we're kind of seeing Kurt doing the whole like, I'm so consumed with how awesome my life is right now that I'm a little distracted. Yeah. But you're saying he's actively pulling away. But it's like, OK, they, they've obviously gone to this bar as 18 year olds <laughs> often do office do <laughs> several times. But he couldn't, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like if he if he was really in it still and really that committed that he could make at least five minutes. Hmm. Well, I can understand Kurt's struggles. Kurt's like, Kurt's on the next stage of his life and Blaine. Absolutely. Isn't. Oh, and that's the worst. That's the like, worst. It is. It's, it, it's, it's hard. I, I, I do. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not like by choice for either. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess arguably Kurt could be stuck in the past, but he shouldn't be. He so. shouldn't be. No. So, so, I mean, it just, it just, it's just the way things are. Yeah, mm. and I and I do agree with that. I do, and I and that's I, like an episode title, just the way things are. And I do love how, um, <laughs> like, again, how self-aware the show is. And Santana's like, she's like, seriously, Porcelain sends him some pictures of his funky outfits, and he gets a job at Vogue. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, thank you for saying that. Because we we're had all another there. great self-aware moment. Yeah, but the thing is, when you have all these wonderful things going on in your life. All you want to do is share it with the person that's special to you. Hmm. And he doesn't even have time to do that. Or, or yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I am understanding of both, but I do feel that, you know, he could have, he could have given Blaine a little something. A little, a little bit of attention, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of love. No, I totally, I, I think, I I didn't even think of that, but that's a really interesting point. I do, I don't want to see them broken up. I want to see them work through this. I want to see them grow because I mean, they do have such a strong relationship. They, they are very good at expressing their feelings and, you know, when they take the time to listen to the other person and I'd love to see it be a really long lasting relationship. 
And, and yeah, and that's that's the, before we move on. Last question, Jennifer. Do you think that this is the end of Curtin Blaine, or do you think they'll be back? Oh, they'll be back. Ed, do you think they'll be back? Um, I I didn't even question that. <laughs> I don't even think they're broken up right now. All right, let's, I think let's... they're just emotionally working through the issues. Yeah. Well, let's uh, listen to a voicemail and then we'll play some music. Oh, uh, wait, wait, Josh. What? Oh, me? Uh, you know, I kind of just. I enjoyed the episode so much. I kind of just want to see what happens. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to just uh, see see how it goes. And and I'd like. I would. I think that, um, you know, I I kind of would like to see them apart for a little bit. I'd kind of. You know, I think from a from a uh, storytelling perspective, I, I'd like to see Kurt see some other people and and maybe sow some wild oats in New York. And I'd like to see you know Blaine kind of uh, see what it's like to date somebody a new. Lighthouse and, kid. Yes. Wait, who's what, that? Uh, what eighteen-year-old has a lighthouse as oh. their their avatar? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here is uh, Freya from Australia. Hello, it's listener Freya from Melbourne, Australia, and I'm just calling to comment on the breakup episode, which I really liked, especially because it was very intense, so it was very absorbing and enjoyable to watch. My main problem with the episode, though, was why are we blaming Blaine? I felt like the show was setting Blaine up to be the bad guy, like it was his fault for Kurt and Blaine to have all of these problems. And he was the one he was the one sending flowers and apologizing, and he was the one who was feeling guilty. And I didn't understand why he was feeling so guilty instead of angry, because he seemed to be pretty angry up until this point with how Kurt was sort of ignoring him. And I, I didn't get how the show was trying to make make it like all the things that Kurt had done previously didn't really matter anymore. So I felt like the show was trying to get us to feel sorry for Kurt, which is something that I've done a lot of over the past and I'm sort of sick of by now. Another side note to the... Sorry, I don't mean to cut it off, but that's actually a really interesting point. I mean, the show has always kind of sided with Kurt. You know, there's always been... There is a history on Glee, uh, as we called season two, St. Kurt. Uh, This is definitely a a recurring theme, shall we say. A recurring theme of seeing Kurt continue to be a rock star. But but yeah, uh, um, we love voicemails from other countries, so I wanted Mm. to let Freya weigh in. Uh, Let's listen to a, a song... We'll talk about uh, Finchel next and the future of Finchel, which is going to be my new blog. Uh, so here is um, here is Don't Speak uh, with a whole bunch of people singing on it on the Gleeful Podcast. That I'm losing my best friend. I can't believe this could be the end. It looks as though you're letting go. And if it's real, well, I don't want to know
the <laughs> Sarah ten thirty one in the chat room had said the reason that Eli's avatar is a lighthouse because if there was an actor in that picture, cleaners would attack him uh, <laughs> and probably cause him extreme bodily harm. Wow. So me paraphrasing uh but let's talk a little bit about finchel we had the great return of finn who i know i was the only person excited about but i love me some cory monty screw you all and he came back <laughs> he showed up on the doorstep in new york um you know something that was mentioned in the chat room which i never dawned on or never thought of but people in the chat room seemed to think he was had shot himself in the thigh on purpose to get out of the army. That never dawned on me. I don't think that. That's not how it came off to me at all. Jennifer, did that? Is that how you read the situation? I, I didn't. I didn't even think that for a second. Even though the second before he said what happened, I was kind of predicting in my head what happened. Yeah. Well. And yeah. It seemed. I mean, it was sort that's of like kind of a classic, like yeah, how you like, get out of the army early me. is you accidentally shoot yourself. I do not think. And this is going to sound horrible. <laughs> I don't... I, I think he's more committed to his his causes and his intentions than people give him credit for. And part of me is think, part of me thinks I don't, I don't think he's that bright. <laughs> or, 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 I don't know. I don't think he's that, Not that scheming divisive. enough. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. divisive. I don't think he's that yeah. scheming or divisive enough to deliberately do that to himself. And, I mean, he's an athlete, too. I mean, come on. (laughs) I don't think he would do that sort of level of physical harm. And certainly don't think he'd do that just to get back to her when he was so committed to giving her her freedom to allow her to grow and, you know, become the superstar that she wants to be. Yeah, and I also think if he shot himself on accident, it adds to how... Like, it adds to the whole narrative urgency of how heartbroken he is. Like, this mountain, these mounting layers of just lostness, you know? He makes a decision on something, and then circumstances takes it away from him, you know? Uh, It's like sort of dumb luck. Yeah, exactly. So, I I think, you know, I didn't get that interpretation at all. Ed, do you have any opinion on that? Did you think he shot himself on purpose? I don't think he shot himself on purpose, because he was obviously... Like, I don't know. Like, I, be- like, I, be- I like, like buying stories. Like, I guys, I'm used to being yelled at. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. will be. And, <laughs> and I understand his, like, emotional turmoil with the whole, with the whole thing. Like, as Jen just said, the, like, like, he's, he's more committed than, than people give him credit for. And I don't know if backpacking is the best remedy to, like, <laughs> leg wounds, but whatever. Yeah, that's, that's a very mm. good point. Good. You know, also, I mean, but that said, like, I felt that was an incredibly cheap way to get him out of the army. <laughs> like, yes. it was an incredibly, like, I really wanted to see him succeed at that. And if you're not going to succeed at that, okay, I get it. But that was a pretty cheap way for him to, like, show up. If he hurt himself and got kicked out, okay. But it, it was just yeah. kind of, I don't know. It, it, it was way too easy. I mean, was the safety not on? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the oh. thing is, it's like, if they, you know, for him to get injured, say, in battle, it would have had to been that many months further for him to actually be out of training, to be somewhere, yeah. to be Faux in combat, battle? to be in combat. <laughs> and the other thing... They get injured during training scenarios. It happens. Yeah. Well, and I, and I get that. But I think he was... I really think he was just so embarrassed. And, I mean, because if, if he had shot himself on purpose, 
just to get to Rachel, he would have gotten there sooner than four months. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think, you know, the 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 shame and embarrassment was so real that that's why it took him so long. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good that's a very good point. That that definitely fits into the actions of the episode. That And I don't think he has really a malicious bone in his body. He doesn't seem to. No, I mean he seems far too reactionary for it. I mean, yeah. that was always Finn's frustration as a character. That's why he was always so frustrating to us as as viewers yeah. that he didn't think ahead very well. He's always kind of had this issue. This is kind of the entire core struggle of Finn as a character right now is he's never really thought ahead. And so in this case, it is he, he's not thinking ahead to his future. In the past, it used to be he's not thinking ahead as the leader of the Glee Club. You know, he's not he, he should be nicer to Kurt and he doesn't think ahead. And so he calls Kurt, you know, a slur like there's these aspects of it yeah. that that are really interesting i mean that is kind of the recurring concept of of who finn is and what his central flaw is he has a really hard time finding you know like like picking a direction and going after it and uh interesting and that's that's uh, as i've always said that's a very <clears throat> real aspect at least in my life and i think that's why i gravitate to him so 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 much as a character is is that's always been a struggle that I've had is picking a direction and, and running towards it and so I find that really fascinating I do understand that that makes him a really frustrating character on a TV show yeah. where the, the, and those are hard characters to love on TV shows because the most real ones usually are are very flawed <laughs> yeah. well I mean then that makes him more relatable and I was going to make this horrible joke because I was gonna say, well, you know, he's like that because he didn't have a dad growing <laughs> up. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait, you had a dad. Yeah, that's entirely true. But, but <laughs> I mean, people people might say that. I, I, I don't agree. I mean, I, I don't think that that is the reason a person becomes that way. Perhaps they weren't challenged. Perhaps they were given other things, you know, to think about. I really like Finn. I really want him to be happy. I want him to find something that gives him the 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 direction and the drive that the other people seem to have found yeah oh my god like two moments i for me the finchel story in this episode uh surprise kids who know that i ship finchel to the end they are my otp uh they <laughs> can't believe i said that without having to look it up OTP, one true pairing. Oh, oh, I thought you said RTP. I'm like, what's an RTP? And, and, and all you brochels, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Over, you can pry, pry Finch out of my cold dead hands. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, is that I loved the exchanges in this episode. I love those two characters. I love how it was all handled. Two moments in this episode that I think are two of the greatest moments in the history of Glee. And one of them is a really tiny one. When she's up there singing with Brody, there is a moment after Brody. after Finchel, after Finchel, after Finn has already said, I haven't even sang in the shower since Nationals. So now we know whenever we're seeing him sing, it's kind of a dream sequence, right? He, he sings three times in this episode and all three times it's actually kind of a dream sequence Finn is not singing it's you know one of these kind of out of body songs so he's sitting there watching them and he's actually watching them sing like this is actually Rachel and Brody singing in the moment he's watching it and there's this moment where you can watch him where he starts to let go like he kind of gets swept up in it and he starts to sing along with them and then he catches himself and pulls back and it's just this great little tiny character moment it was so beautiful it made me so excited and it was just a beautiful little moment of just like oh well you're you're so lost and you're so heartbroken and and yet 
he has this little just fraction of a second where he he can almost feel the way he used to feel but he already shot he shot himself in the foot he already said he wouldn't sing even though you know she was begging him to and god her speech to him at the end where she says you were a man and i need a man like it was like the exact those words were like brian murphy one of brian murphy's greatest moments was when he wrote those words like those words were freaking perfection when she said that is how a man loves you know it's it's, and i admit it it's because what i've been saying but when he broke up with her and said i need you to be happy that is how a man loves and now he is not loving like a man he's not being a man right now and she doesn't have the time for it she's it's not the right time in her life to deal with a child and she can't deal with a child right now and god that was oh it's just great freaking television oh it killed me so good so good. And then they went into the scientists, and I don't even like Coldplay. It was awesome. It's freaking great. <laughs> Jennifer, Ed, say something nice. <laughs> I mean, you just, you just did it. You did it all so much justice. <laughs> wow. There's no need. No necesito. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> I mean, you've expressed everything that um, can be expressed about that. I mean, it, it was. It was really fantastic. And I, and I liked that she had the... The, the the courage and the strength to say back to him this is what you wanted from me and this is what I did and now you can't you can't be mad at me oh totally yeah and um I, and I, yeah I thought it was I thought it was really great my only complaint about the whole Finchel thing is that you know when the episode starts off and Kurt says like oh slept in she's like yeah we were late talking I don't look that good on a good day <laughs> and she's up all night emotional with her boyfriend and you know overslept and wakes up looking like she just spent you know 12 hours in the salon chair there's also a great moment where Grr. Finn walks into Schuster's office and he sits up uh, or, and, and Schuster gets up and he gives him a hug and the first hug is a, like a beat too long that's what I said like, yeah. it's like a beat too long but that's, but that's Finn because he, he needed he needed a hug and I was like his... great honest moment love it and then when he goes in for the sobbing hug and I'm like Okay, we might be going a little far because we're in a windowed office and there's yeah. people everywhere and this must be a strange scene to someone who might walk by. And then someone walks by and doesn't even notice. Like yeah. just fucking rolls by. It's awesome. No. But, <laughs> it I killed mean, me. But I think like those are the moments that, you know, although I will never, I, I, I don't think Rachel is at fault for kissing Brody, even though I think she would have gone further if... If he Finn hadn't showed up. show up. Oh, my God. What? Okay. Well, no, she, she had a She shaved her legs and put on those boots. She was going to go further. Wait, did we actually see her shaving her legs? You she, just assume. Let's look and watch that scene. Anyhow. I'll pull it up again. It's okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, okay, but I do think there is a part of Rachel that probably maybe would have stopped it before it went any further. But the fact is, bottom line, she only kissed Brody. And is... As much as I feel for for Finn and my heart breaks for him and I want so much for him, I don't think, again, I don't think she's in the wrong. I, I think she's the one that should be, you know, people should be understanding of her situation. Oh, without question, without question. And she even said it, like, a, you didn't call backlash. me. Like, yeah. he just didn't call. And quite frankly, he says, 
you know, go out and live your life yeah. and then doesn't call. I mean, oh, wait, living life wasn't kissing other boys. There's a, there's a, I mean, he knew he was being hypocritical in that moment. He was grasping in straws at that moment and being angry at whatever he could yeah. find. And, and, I and I don't think people are lost. as outraged he's freaking lost. or heartbroken about, you know, this breakup. No, I think people are more than happy for this one. Uh, let's see. Here's, here's a couple of voicemails. Here's a little, uh, uh, we'll go to Wisconsin. Hi, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Michelle from Wisconsin, a.k.a. Chillery again. And I just had a couple more things to add. <laughs> um, one, I love that they hinted that Tina's going crazy and something's going to come up with her so that we know that they didn't oh, yes, forget about her episode. and that she does have plot coming up. And two, I totally and 100% agree with Ed and have been saying this since episode one. Season four is the new season one. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> we actually have, gosh, I don't, I didn't, I didn't write down which ones we were, but we had like four messages, Ed, that are, are totally jumping on your, this is the new season one. I swear. I mean, how could you not? Like, there's, you, there's nothing to deny. It's like, <laughs> like the, t- the ship is sinking. It's, it's over. Like, I mean, in, I mean, it's like, it's obviously <laughs> season one. Like, it's awesome. They're tearing uh, it all down and building I, it all up again. I am envious of your confidence all along because as much <laughs> as I wanted it to be season one all over, I... I wasn't gonna no, but it's allow better. myself to believe it's it. Better it's better because we have the back catalog of information. Oh. Season four, that's what I said I wanted for season four, that made season three worth it. And there's so much more potential now that it's they're like, a little bit older, like, and like, I love it. So if, if, you think, if you think for a moment, season three was just a step, and season four was the top, you're like, oh, season three. That was <laughs> I'll, I'll give season two a step, I'll give season three a stumble. <laughs> but I give season four a solid. You, 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 you walked, you like, you, you, great start at season one. You were kind of stepped a little bit at season two. You kind of fell through season three, yeah. but then you found your placing in season four. Oh, yeah. Solid, All solid way. footing in season it's like four. Light. It's like light. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's listen to a song, and then we'll come back, and we'll uh, finish off the episode with some Wema and some Britanna. Uh, we will have to be a little quick. Because we are running out of time. Are but we? here is uh, here's mine uh, as performed by Naya Rivera here on the Gleeful Podcast. You were in college working part-time waiting tables. Left a small town, never looked back. I was a flight risk with the fear of falling. Wondering why we bother with love if it never lasts. I say, can you believe it? As we're lying on the couch The moment I could see it Yes, yes I can see it now Do you remember we were sitting there by the water? You put your arm around me for the first time You made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter ever been mine Flash forward and we're taking on the world together And there's a drawer of my things at your place You learn my secrets and you figure out why I'm guarded You say we'll never make my parents' mistakes We got nothing figured out 
had a breakup with Britannia as well this weekend. You know, or this week. Of all of them, I honestly think Britannia is the only definitive breakup. Although I guess, I guess, don't. No, that's not true because Rachel did say, we're done. Go have a good life for a little while. Um, to you and, grow a pair. <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. To you grow a pair. Uh, but we did say goodbye to them. Uh, there's not too much to say about it, though. It was fun to have Naya Rivera back on the show. She was kind of fun. Yeah, she. I mean, she sounded great. And, and this one kind of made me really sad because I think she really... I think, I, I think there's a part of her that still and always will love Britney. But come on, she went to college. She's meeting new people. She's meeting other out lesbians. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And she can have a conversation with them. This is a very, I mean, she's... This one is harder for me because I'm yeah. sort of like, oh. She yeah. Santana, more than any of the other ones that went away, Santana is experiencing a life she wasn't able to experience before. Like, this isn't where Rachel was, like, going to the life she always wanted and Kurt walking into, you know, Kurt is still Kurt. Like, mm-hmm. Kurt is, Kurt's Kurt in yeah, Lima, he's, he's Kurt in New York, yeah. you know? Santana really, this is the first time Santana gets to be Santana yeah. in another place. And uh, and so, yeah, I think we got a bit of that. But we did get to see Nye on the show, though. I don't know, Ed, uh, she seemed like a calmer, gentler uh, Santana in this episode. Uh, do you think that, uh, do you think that this is the end of Britannia for us? Um, I, uh, Unfortunately, I feel like of all the breakups, it's the only one that's like, I feel like it's the only breakup that was like totally like no one did anything wrong. Like, like no one cheated on anyone. No one was just being obstinate and not doing something. It was just completely circumstantial issues. Like completely. Like there's nothing, there's nothing like, there's no like, there's no faults except for circumstance. Yeah. It, like, oh, totally. Or, which, which yeah. is also that's in, that's a really good point because eh? when you think about it, we did get kind of all the different phases of breakup, right? We we got like this one, which was just pure circumstance. I mean, I had that breakup in my life. Uh, we <laughs> we had the cheating breakup. Yeah, uh, we've got we had kind of the Will and Emma breakup. Not really a it's breakup, not even a breakup. But, but we've yeah. had this Will and Emma fight where it's one person is really wanting to go off and kind of see something and wanting the other person to come with them, and the other person just going like, "I'm not ready to go. I want you to go, 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 and I'll be here when yeah, you get back. That, like that, like I mean, that was I've still, had that breakup that was too. Still a decision <laughs> that Emma made, like she made that decision. Yeah, and it's and Will being selfish blame, again. And oh, then yeah. Blaine made the decision to cheat. And yeah. then Finn made the decision to avoid Rachel. But the Santana yeah. Brittany, like, <clears throat> like for, for what we know about the situation, it was no one made a conscious decision, even like an indirect conscious decision. Like yeah. that's so that one. I feel like the Britannica one was the hardest for me. Because it's it's you get to that point in your life where you realize no matter how much you love this person, it's not right for you. If it's even just not going to work now. right now, yeah. Yeah. It's just not and right And that is right the now. hardest, like, the, the the hardest realization in life is, you know, because, like, you've been brought up your whole life telling, like, it's okay, love will get you through it, love is all that matters, all you need is love, and as much as I believe that to an extent, like, they're, the first time you have a breakup when you still love each other, but just know it's not right 
it's like it's like this whole Cinderella dream is just shattered. <laughs> what well, is? I mean, that's one of the the, the that's one of the hard truths of relationships yes. is that at the end of the day, love is not enough. Like you, yeah. there you, there is t- issues. There's timing. There's human beings. There's the fact that you only get one life, and mm-hmm. and at some point life gets in the way and i mean there's a thousand reasons why people fall apart and so you know to see one of those in the show in the case of britanna i mean that is it was really well handled and really Mm -hmm. lightly done and i think it was i think that was the only relationship that could have just gone like that i think if clane just ran its course like this the, I think the fans really needed something to actively break them, yeah. really actively or make challenge. that happen. And the amount of effort that went into bringing Wemma together, I think also we needed something to really break that relationship. And Britanna came together very simply and organically and having yeah. it go away very simply and organically, it makes it all that more heartbreaking and all that more real. And, you know, it's it's just kind of how one how that works sometimes. Yeah, and I also think it's a testament of their friendship that um, Santana loves and respects and cares for Brittany so much that she did the most mature, responsible, you know, selfless thing by saying, this right now mm-hmm. isn't good for both of us. And, you know, she let her go. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you could argue that all three relationships were broken up by long distance, but I think that long distance was just a factor, and it seems like... They, it, mm. You know, the, all three... A catalyst, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it, if anything, the distance, the, the physical distance was a metaphor for the emotional distance, which was brought on and broken yeah. by other things. Because uh, distance yeah. always gives you the perspective you need to, to know exactly true. where your relationship is. Very true, very true. Um, and so, yes, and we did get some Wemma drama in this episode. I know a lot of people dislike Wemma, um, or at least are ready to see the end of Wemma, or at least the Why? end of Schuster. I don't think anybody's done with Emma. I think yeah. he might just be done with Schuster. Uh, he, you know, it, it's, it's, you could see the show wanting to give Schuster a point. They wanted to give him a job, a task, something to be passionate about. Uh, and to see that come between him and Emma, or at least create some drama. You know, seeing Emma stand up to Will is always awesome. And that line, she had a great line in this episode. Uh, we are done talking about this. You just didn't like the answer. I love that. It was a great. I mean, God, that is many a fine argument has ended in that truth. Or has again, <laughs> should have ended in that truth. A very, a very mature, a very honest response. <laughs> Now, Ed, as someone I think who wouldn't mind seeing Schuster leave, um, do you do you think we're seeing Schuster leave? I mean, do you think that we are actually going to see Schuster go away from the Glee Club for a little while, maybe to make room for Finn? I mean, I don't know about making room for Finn, but like, I mean, maybe in the temporary, but maybe a three month, well, three month in terms of real like glee time <laughs> and our our experience probably two to three episodes but i can see that happening like why why not like because I, I was uh contemplating this myself i was like you know sims 3 gets really boring not that i've been playing that at all lately when you like fulfill the <laughs> lifetime wish and, that's, like, and then like will will is a sim with a completed lifetime wish so he's just like now what? Oh my gosh! <laughs> now what? Like, what do you like? What do you do? Like, yeah, other wishes pop up on your little radar, but none will ever be as fulfilling. He knows he's on his downward slope. 
<laughs> and like, and as and as a sim, how do you deal with that? As, as a <laughs> si- you're, we're talking about the video game right now, right? Yeah. And yeah. uh, no, but it's, 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 but we are sims. <laughs> but I never, never. I mean, okay. Other than in the, you know, the preview for next week, when Finn says like, "Oh, I got some directing," <laughs> which kind of annoyed me because I'm like, wait. Artie is still here. Like, Artie didn't go away. Why are you coming in and usurping him? What if if Artie's in it? Well, oh, good point. Um, Let's go see. He could play the car. Oh, my God. Sorry. (laughs) Still calls him wheels, you know. But I do. I I love the idea of him being, you know, um, the new Will or, you know, like stepping in for a little while. I, I like the idea of him directing and nurturing the the clay team yes i do too i definitely do uh let's listen to a couple more voicemails and then we'll say goodbye uh this one made me laugh so i share it with you now hi josh jen and ed it's parsnips uh here to offer my input on the breakup but first uh one thing i thought was worth noting i decided to check out a few episodes of ryan murphy's new show the new normal and in the second episode one of the characters is like a writer or producer for a, a tv show or something and in one of the episodes, he's on his computer, and his secretary walks in, and he's like, hold on, I'm breaking up my two lead quitter- yeah, lead characters to start a Twitter riot. There will be millions of teen tears. <laughs> well, you got your teen tears. I found this episode really sad, and I was actually really disappointed at the treatment of Britanna, because we've invested so much love in that couple, and it seems like they were sort of unceremoniously dismissed. Anyway, uh, love the podca- podcast. Ugh, can't talk today. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. Bye. <laughs> that is awesome. Because if so that true, is right? true, again, love the self-awareness. <laughs> and I've heard that show is really funny. Um, a couple of my, well, I'm going to say a couple of my coworkers. One coworker and one ex-coworker. Um, we're watching it. And I it's been a lousy couple of weeks. It's been a, Good seriously? Lord. <laughs> <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. It's going to make us stronger. Um <laughs> They were t- they've been talking about it, and they really, really like it. And I just, I mean, part of me is like, I'm so affectionate and protective of modern family, and all I kept thinking is, is like another version, but I heard it's not. So hmm. I will give it a chance. Uh, and then we have uh, um, American Horror Story coming back, which I'm excited about. That. I'm very excited about that. Uh, let's see. A couple more. Here's listener Sammy. Looks creepy. Hey, guys. It's listener Sammy. So, as a veteran of the Tumblr war that has ensued since Thursday's episode, I'll just say that this episode got exactly the reaction Ryan Murphy was hoping for. I went into the episode vowing not to cry. Yeah, I made it about eight minutes in, then cried pretty much the rest of the episode. (laughs) Well, you know, when the new kids weren't on screen. That was kind of a waste of screen time. Darren Chris's arrangement slash performance of Teenage Dream just killed me. So good. I think it's his best acting yet on the show. However, can we point out how out of left field the cheating story was? Did not make sense. Unless they're setting up some bipolar storyline for him. But let's face it, really isn't that good. I thought everyone did a great job, and it was my favorite episode in a long time. Great acting, good stories, and good song choices for a change. Thumbs up. My five-word recap, where does Sam Evans live? They had him living at Finn and Kurt's house, but when Finn came back to visit his parents, Sam had no idea he was there. I think he lives at McKinley. He sleeps in the choir room, showers in the locker room, and Marley's mom hooked him up in the cafeteria after hours. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought. <laughs> that's a great, that's a wow. great question. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot about where Sam lives. And one more. This is the one that when I listened to it, I said Jennifer. 
I'm playing this one on the show. And she said, I assume they said something that you've said before and validated it's, your it's statement. It's just validating Josh. And I went, exactly. That's why I'm going to play <laughs> this voicemail about Greece. <laughs> Hi, this is Jessica. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, I love this episode for saying, I mean, but it's kind of weird because it's called The Breakup and I'm loving an episode where all my favorite <laughs> characters break up. But my point I wanted to say is at the end of the episode when they're going to do Greece. And Schuster says, it's about being who you are and being happy about it or whatever. But it's not like the opposite of Greece. Yes, it is. Greece the musical is kind of about, hey, if I change, a man will like me. Exactly. That was kind of funny. (laughs) Totally. Or what Finn said, not Schuster, whatever. But yeah, that that was just kind of funny, the whole, like, Greece the musical thing. But yeah, I'm excited. And it's just another great episode. I mean, sad, but good. Okay, thank you. Bye. That is what Grease is about. Grease is about change yourself and people will like you. That is the moral of the story. Oh. (laughs) Wow, everybody drink on that dirty look. I'm just going to let you know that it was there. I'm just going to give you the heads up. Uh, But that's about it for us, Jennifer. Or for me, Jennifer, do you have anything else? (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. It was happy to be back on a positive note here absolutely god i love this episode i'm gonna cry ed any anything you want to say about the episode i don't know <laughs> i mean life this is like I, i'm never afraid I don't know, the life. universe like <laughs> life like with completed lifetime wishes i don't know what it's like i was i was i don't know yeah think about that think, of, think, think for a moment that your lifetime wish was completed what's yeah. And would what you like you to do? Would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Yes, I would because I pulled that up this time. Uh, U.S. Janicky seventy three, Holly Jonas, Enit three eight nine one. Thank you much for your reviews, and feel free to review us because reviews are cool. Uh, Man, S- Sammy, who we played her voicemail, is asking in the chat room why they didn't play Teenage Dream because it makes me cry. Sammy, I thought you were going to play it. I'm not playing Teenage Dream because it makes me sad. Okay, moving on. Uh, yes, I want to hear it. You can hear it afterward. I'll play it after the show ends when I take my headphones off. Uh, and grab your box of Kleenex. Exactly. Uh, so that's about it for us. If you'd like to win on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast.com. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast. Whoa. Email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You know, on Mike on uh, Mike and Dez's podcast, they just recorded this part and played it back every week, <laughs> which I think maybe that wouldn't be the worst idea. You know, I think <laughs> it's more fun this way. And actually, you can make it a game. Like, I can make, How many people, times I get it right? People. Everybody take bets on how oh, many times I was going to say, right. people keep track of how many times you screw it up. There you go. Uh, you can find us. This is, here, here you go, guys. This is my challenge. If you want to leave a voicemail <laughs> in which you give the contact information, you've all heard it. You know what it is. You know it better than I got to say it, but you know, exactly. You know it better than me. <laughs> so if you want to leave a voicemail where you give the contact information, I'll play it. Uh, so... Oh, uh, we haven't played Quarter of a Street introducing our show in a while. Oh, wow. We haven't played that one in a while. We'll have to dig that up. Uh, <sighs> good thing you, he was brought back. 
<laughs> so, uh, nice, yes, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the website at gleefulpodcast.com. On Facebook at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Fernell. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And on Facebook, search for Gleeful Podcast and join the conversation with the listeners. We will be back next week. That's how you do it. Just say exactly all that. Just say exactly like that at that tempo. That's what you should do. Uh, That's how you do it. And you can have Darren Chris playing, uh, singing Teenage Dream in the background. In the background, yeah. Whatever you want. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I'll put the music in the background. (laughs) It's still my show. Still our show. (laughs) Uh, So for the Cleveland Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> no, no breaking up, and no, no more bad stuff. Universe, I think I'm, I'm ready for a break. Bring it. We can take it. No, <laughs> seriously, you don't challenge. It's gonna be so good. You can take it